You're going to be a football player when you grow up. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've been in football all my life. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Great show uh, up ahead. We've got Raiders defensive end Malcolm Kuntz. Uh, the rookie from University of uh, the University of Buffalo, who had uh, quite the debut uh, on Sunday against um, uh, uh, who did the Raiders play on Sunday? Um, oh, did they play? Yeah, I just forgot for a second who they. Yeah, well, uh, I played. mean, the, the performance was absolutely forgettable. So you're not missing <laughs> it. Anything. was the Washington Football Team. Yeah, uh, and Malcolm. They don't even have a name a, or a logo. How it's easy to forget. Exactly. There you go. I'll, I'll blame it on that instead mm-hmm. of the fact that I'm getting too old, I guess. Uh, or there's just been a lot going on uh, today, uh, as usual. Uh, that. The voice you just heard uh, is my great co-host, our great co-host team, and teammate here uh, at In the Huddle, uh, Lincoln Kennedy, who's coming off quite the night, uh, Lincoln Kennedy. Um, explain to the listeners where you were last night and what what, what was going on here in oh, Las Vegas. Well, you know what? Um, I'm a, well, I'm a member of the College Football Hall of Fame. I had the pleasure of being an, an, an alumni. I was inducted in 2015. And every Attaboy. year, the College Football Hall of Fame, and we induct a new class. Obviously, uh, without with COVID last year, the, the, we weren't able to induct the 2020 class. So last year, at I mean, this last night at the Aria, we had a huge uh, convention hall and a huge ceremony. We inducted not only the 2020 class, but the 2021 class uh, of players into the College Football Hall of Fame, along with the scholar athletes. So last night was that dinner, that gala, black tie gala at the Aria last night that I had the pleasure of uh, attending. And um, that was one of the reasons why I was in the studio with yesterday um eric dickerson got uh, inducted last night Finally. right yes what did because uh, i've i've talked to uh, eric uh, about this and you know he should have been in the hall of fame a long time before but there were some things that probably happened at smu that um you know probably held him back a little bit um he's been more than open uh, about it but how, how was eric last night because uh, there was no there was not a more dynamic college running back for those of us who saw it, I know you did, Lincoln. Yeah, there was not a more dynamic college running back uh, than, than Eric. Dickerson. Part of the Pony, Pony Express, I had the pleasure of playing with Eric for a year in Atlanta. Uh, I've always thought the most of Ed uh, Eric Dickerson, um, without a doubt. And you're absolutely right; he should have been in a long time ago. What people have to realize is that when it's up to a voting committee, there are a couple of things that come into play, especially for the National Football Foundation. One of those uh, things is that. You, if, if, because Eric Dixon went to SMU. So if an SMU player is vote, another player is voted in, that SMU for the next year is off the list. They can't send another player. You can't send back to backs from the same university. That's one thing. The other thing is there were some scandal. I mean, it wasn't that scandal that he was actually saying he was a part of. It just happened around the university. That rubbed some of the voters wrong. Um, the and National Football Foundation is based in Dallas, so there's a lot of uh, Texans uh, history, Texas history in in in, in, the, in that boardroom, as well as just it was it was it wasn't anything personal. It it just like any Hall of Fame, there's a tremendous backlog. And what's different for the College Football Hall of Fame when you think about it, Vinny? You think about how many schools around play Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three football. You think about how many players since this happened. I mean, more than a hundred years. I mean, some programs go back 160 years, or it's it's been 150 years of college football. At least 151, I think 150 was the last year's anniversary. So, I mean, there's been a there's been a number of players 
coaches and that can probably you know be deemed as well deserved or should be in but it was an oversight for some for some time when it came to eric dickerson it was an egregious error um but they got it right and they finally got him in yeah there's no doubt uh, about it um he was it was there were some things that happened mm-hmm. um and uh at some point well he talked about it on, on plenty of platforms and plenty of occasions but he was part of the pony express um and he was arguably the greatest college running back uh, of all time if not and he's definitely one of the best uh, high school or uh, nfl running backs of all time so uh deservedly so eric Dickerson going into the college football uh, hall of fame uh, and like i mentioned uh, lincoln we've got a great show coming up um Malcolm Kuntz, uh, the Raiders rookie defensive end, who had a nice game, uh, basically his debut. He had been dressed out before earlier in the season, uh, but he certainly got his opportunity. Didn't play a whole lot, Lincoln, uh, but in his short well, it time was on it, the field. Re- remind me, Vinny, didn't he get injured towards the end of preseason? Was that, no, uh, no, there was no injury. Oh, okay. um, he was basically taking a red shirt uh, season oh, this year. Okay. Okay. Um, That's what you know, was. with, with – the way uh, Max Crosby has been playing, the way Yanni Ngagwe has been playing, the way Carl, Carl Nassib yeah, bounced back, mm-hmm. uh, there wasn't a whole lot of time. Um, and, you know, also um, uh, Clee Farrell has been in rotation. Yeah. Um, so there there wasn't a whole lot of time for him, uh, for Malcolm. So basically, and you've been, you've been a part of this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Lincoln, there are guys uh, that are that are on a, a redshirt track. Uh, it's nothing that they're doing wrong, not, nothing like that at all. Uh, but for uh, their development, it's almost better just to kind of get work done behind the scenes, learn, listen, observe, continue to get better. Um, and not the Raiders to say have that done it, this before. The Raiders did this with with um, they, they did it with um, John Simpson. You know, when when they first got him, you know, they, they did it with the, the linebacker. They ended up releasing, drawing a blank on. They had to let go. To Seattle picked them up. Um, so the the, the Tanner Muse. yeah Tanner Muse that's right Tanner Muse um, so yeah they've done it before and it's no surprise I think that with Malcolm when they drafted Malcolm it was more of the fact that well let's create some depth at the position in case one of these guys doesn't pan out you know what I mean so I think that's a that, or one of these guys you know gets injured you you have depth at the position so I think it's good for him yeah and here's another uh, I'll, I'll point out a great example of somebody that you know, um, sort of redshirted uh, his first year, uh, and that's uh, on the Rams, uh, Aguayano uh, Okorokwanko, uh, who is now, he's probably headed to the Pro Bowl uh, as an outside linebacker, uh, much like what he's kind of profiles a lot of ways, uh, like Malcolm uh, does. He was a fifth-round draft pick. He had a, a skill to get to the quarterback in college. There were some injuries early, but more than anything, he kind of redshirted his first year, and uh, he was on a development track, and guess what? You know, three years later, uh, here he is as a guy that's probably going to go to the Pro Bowl. He's having that good of a year. So the few, everyone's timeline, Lincoln, uh, doesn't always jive. It's not always instant success. It's no, not always the first year, the rookie year. And I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking, well, just because they're not doing it their rookie year doesn't mean, you know, it means like they're not going to be able to do it down the road. That's hardly the case, actually. Uh, there's well, more... Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, work. you know, you, you have instances. I'm one of those guys that doesn't really think of, you know, saying development in the National Football League or developing a player in the National Football League is kind of an oxymoron because, you, you know, you first of all, you got to have something to get there. Second of all, you don't really have a lot of time and a lot of instances where you can let somebody sit back and, you know, just collect notes on, on, on a clipboard. 
you got to see what they what they can do and you're more more often want to see what they can do sooner rather than later because you don't want to come to that decision time where a guy's contract comes up for do like well he doesn't we really haven't seen him other than practice so do we keep him do we let him go what do we do so that's the unfortunate about it but you know and there have been instances like you pointed out where it has worked to keep the guy on the sideline I just think I, rather than, you know, as a developmental, I say for this, uh, for, for Malcolm especially, the fact that he had several other players in front of him who were established pros who were playing okay, uh, I mean, playing well at the time, there was really no need for him. But obviously with Carl Nassib going down and with some, you know, having some injuries out there on the outside, him getting some playing time and making the best of it shows that he is headed in the right direction, I would say. Yeah, and, and it, exactly. And oftentimes it's not because – um, you know, a lot of times that decision to redshirt is a um, it's 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 out of abundance of players at maybe yeah. that position yep. where maybe. But here's the thing. And, you know, this as well, Lincoln, that isn't always the case from year to year. There's guys that become free agents. There's guys that are aging out. There's guys that are um, that are that are, you know, uh, getting ready to make a little bit too much money uh, and the team has to move off of them, um, let them go in free agency. You know, you don't always want to do that, but sometimes because of the salary cap and how things are structured, you're going to have to let guy, somebody leave, get the comp pick, but you have a hole now to fill. That's it's, it's, it's a good thing when you have somebody in reserve that you're kind of developing and nurturing along so that when their number is called, they're ready to go. Corey Littleton, uh, was in that case, was in that kind of world with, with the Rams. And um, they moved on from Alec Ogletree. Corey Littleton stepped in, became a Pro Bowl uh, linebacker. Here with the Raiders, you know, there's going to be a time where Malcolm Kuntz um, is going to be a bigger part of the picture. And right, right. now, because of, uh, um, you know, the situation uh, at his position, they have the luxury. And kind of, Lincoln, it's it's almost the best of, of all worlds right there. Uh, short of, how, you know, a lot of times in the first round, you're drafting for need, and a lot of times you got to get that guy on the field, um, you know, because you're right. The fifth-year option comes into play. Um, you know, at that at that position in the draft, you're you're hopefully drafting starters. You know, uh, somebody that's going to make an immediate impact. That's what you should be using that first-round pick for, or somebody that you know that that you have a strong belief that by year two they're up and running. They're giving you um, you know uh, what you expected. But in that fourth, fifth, sixth round, you know that's where you take a guy like a Malcolm Kuntz, um, who has who had and has. Uh, a, a great skill set to get to the quarterback might need some refinement in some other areas of the game. And you're able to behind the scenes, uh, get them ready. Now, the key to all of that, Lincoln, is that as the team, you're also comfortable if push comes to shove and there's an injury or there's a necessity, you also have a belief that he could go in there and play. And that's what happened on Sunday uh, with Malcolm. Yeah, and that's why you know you're, you're certainly pleased that he did get some playing time and show that he he has had some success or he was able to have some success because now you have that you have more confidence going forward uh, whether or not you can play with him or put him in the game or even activate him on the starting day or opening day uh, not opening day you know game day roster. Yeah, you don't want to be in a position where everyone you draft, you have to put out there to play. Right. You know, that's right. that's not, you know, uh, it's short of a complete rebuild. Sometimes that happens. But you don't want to always be in a situation where everyone you draft, you have to play because you don't have better options. You want great options uh, as your frontline players and then be able to build depth and then build quality starters for, for down the road. That's the ideal way to, to do things. And I think, you know, are, are the Raiders headed in that direction? Um, 
you know, I think that uh, I th- I, it seemed like it was going in that direction, but then things happen, and uh, you know, that's that's kind of how that rolls sometimes. But we'll be talking to Malcolm about his journey and also Lincoln, the importance of of staying with it. You know, you mm-hmm. practice every week, you practice every day as a Malcolm Kuntz does, uh, but you don't get the payoff uh, a lot of times in the game, and especially in his case, he wasn't even dressing out; he was on the uh, inactive list because again. There was a log jab at his position, so they needed other players at other positions. So he was odd man out, you know, one of the guys that are that are inactive. But I always say this to fans, don't mistake that for a lack of ability. It's right. just sometimes the circumstance and the importance for a guy like Malcolm and other players that are in that position is you have to stay mentally ready because at any moment – your number could get called, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. No, well, there's no doubt about it. And that's the thing that, you know, coaches hope for. But with so many things going on in, in, in this season and the way that it's gone with the changes and everything else, I mean, it's it's good to see a young player is able to develop in spite of all that and actually make the best of his playing time. Yeah, uh, Divine Diablo is also mm-hmm. uh, in that category, and he got pressed into duty. The Raiders, Lincoln, have had a slew of injuries. That linebacker yeah. Nick Wachowski is headed to uh, IR. IR and, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it looks like about a three-week uh, injury with – with him, uh, Denzel Perryman didn't practice today. Uh, Corey Littleton was out there, but um, he's he's dealing, um, you know, with uh, with with I, I think it was an ankle injury. I had to go back and look at the uh, at the injury report. Um, and there was one other. There's another linebacker that I'm missing. But anyway, they're they're down some linebackers. In fact, they signed Will Compton uh, to the practice squad, the former Raider from 2019. Uh, he's going to come on the practice squad. Uh, talking to Rich Bisaccia. Um, it looks like they may need him uh, on special teams, so uh, we'll see this week uh, if he's ready to go and contribute in that area. But it's 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 uncanny sometimes how injuries can hit an entire um, positional group like the Raiders, uh, you know, have have experienced these last few days uh, at linebacker. But it sure is nice uh, when you can again dip into your depth and here's divine diablo who's been putting in the work in behind the scenes um you know quite well this year and boom he goes in there and and plays pretty well lincoln are you there yeah i'm there i'm in oh Oh, i'm sorry i I thought that we had a a sound clip i thought you said here's the uh, oh no no i'm sorry Uh, (laughs) i'm sorry we're we're actually waiting we're actually waiting for malcolm we're gonna be oh okay any any minute now that's so My funny. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's not your saying, fault. Yeah, what, I was, <laughs> what I was saying was, you know, again, being oh, mentally man. ready. And we talked to Divine about that. We'll probably get to that sound a little bit later. But yeah. in his in his case, again, you have to prepare like you're going to play. Uh, that's Every just, time. I mean, that's that's that to me is what's being a pro. I mean, you you got to make yourself available. you got to be there ready to go. And but more importantly, once you get in, you got to be able to know what you're doing. And and usually, you know, this is the, that's a, a reason why you have preseason because usually you can throw somebody into out there and say, okay, let's see what you got. All right, rookie or something like that. Let's 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 go make it happen. Usually you can do it that way. Um, not always the case, but you know, sometimes you can. And 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 then of course, you know, I, I say that to say this that you know the the thing is is with a lot of the new players coming into this league, 
They all want to showcase their talent. They're all either thankful that they got drafted or like in the case of Nate Hobbs, you know, I'm mad that it took you, it took you guys so long. Why did it take to the fifth round to get yeah. drafted? You know what I mean? Uh, but, the, but the big thing, and this is what I tell everybody, doesn't matter where you got it and where you came in at, now you're here, make the best of it because you got to learn about the business side and uh, as well as the, you know, the overall athletic side to where you're going out there performing because nobody's going to, nobody's going to, you know, make it happen for you. You got to make it happen for yourself. Absolutely. And speaking of being here, we do have Malcolm Kuntz, uh, the Raiders rookie defensive end uh, from the University of Buffalo, right here uh, with us. Uh, Malcolm Kuntz, thanks for joining us in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, and, you know, uh, first of all, how you doing? And um, uh, thanks for coming on. How, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. You got it, man. Uh, thank you for uh, for joining us today, uh, Malcolm. First of all, congratulations on. I know you've played before uh, this year, but um, you know you, you you your role grew a little bit on on Sunday uh, out of circumstance, and you certainly delivered in your time on the on the field. Uh, did you know coming into that weekend uh, that your your number might might get called uh, against Washington on Sunday? Yeah, I did. Uh, a lot of the coaches told me that I might be up this week, so but uh, it didn't really change my preparation though. Well, I wanted to ask you that, uh, Malcolm, because, you know, a lot of times sports is about the payoff, playing the game and being rewarded for all the hard work uh, and being able to get out there uh, and, and play uh, after a hard week of, of practice or whatever the case might be. But in your case, because of circumstance, um, you know, there's kind of a, a, a log jam at defensive end, some veteran players playing ahead of you. Uh, and so for, for this season, there's been a lot of development. There's been a lot of work behind the scenes, hard work behind the scenes. But you haven't necessarily gotten the, uh, the, the payoff on Sundays. Um, how do you stay mentally um, into things, even though you might not get that opportunity on Sunday? Uh, I know me personally, I just want to develop into the best player I can be. So even if I'm not playing on Sundays, I'm going to treat every week like I'm playing on Sundays. Well, Malcolm, take us back, uh, you know, for a little bit into this, uh, into your thought probably when you were out there. I know that you said the coaches were told you were going to get some time. Were you nervous? Were you anxious? Uh, take us back to the game against the Washington football team. I mean, before the game, before, like, any game of playing, like, it was a little bit of, like, nerves and stuff like that. But I was confident in my ability of, like, being able to do I trusted uh, my preparation that week. So I, I, it wasn't like I got up there and felt like a new baby deer or something. I, I, was, I was kind of fine. Were, were you able to, uh, on short notice, be able to get some family out here to Las Vegas uh, to check it out? And uh, if so, did they get a chance to enjoy, uh, you know, being here in Las Vegas, being in a Lager Stadium? Oh, no, uh, nobody came out to the game, but everybody had it on, on TV. So after the game, I got a whole bunch of little, like, videos of, like, my sack and stuff. So it was nice. How did that cool. feel? You know, it's your it was your it was your first extensive uh, action. Um, you know, and 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 not only did you get a sack, you had a, uh, you know, there was also a couple of pressures uh, that you had. Uh, just getting that first sack in the NFL out of the way. Um, you know, how how fired up were you about that? Felt it uh, felt amazing. I felt like my my heart was about to explode. Like I got up, tried to celebrate, but I was like, oh, we calmed down for a little bit. But it was an amazing feeling, though. I, I won't ever forget it. You know, Malcolm, uh, alumni like myself and, and Vinny, we've talked about, you know, that what goes on in the locker room and the way this team has been through so much uh, adversity and stuff like that. If you could share from your experience as a rookie 
who are some of the standout leaders that have been in that locker room that have kind of got, got the guys rallied together? Because let's face it, you guys are 500. You're not out of it, but you know what? You really need to turn the corner and start making some plays on all sides of the ball. Who have you seen sort of stand up in that locker room, try to take notice to try to get the guys fired up? Uh, I think it's a lot of it has been like a collective effort from everybody. But like the guys that have been there have most definitely been like stepping up, like people like Max, uh, Foster, uh, who else? Uh, or like people that just been in the league for a while, like KJ, uh, even Jan, <clears throat> Jan, everybody. Like it's just it, it. It feels like a collective effort that everybody has the same goal that we're trying to reach. We're talking to Malcolm Kuntz, uh, the Raiders' rookie defensive end from the University of Buffalo. Malcolm, you came on the, the our radio show. Um, uh, I think it was during OTAs. Uh, it might have been, or shortly after you got drafted. And you know, we talked about. Um, your your ability to get to the quarterback. You had an uncanny ability in pass rush, um, you know, with with your moves. And you talked about being a student of the game uh, and and studying, you know, fellow defensive ends and, and what they're doing and kind of implementing it into your game. Now that you're here uh, in the NFL, um, what have you seen in that regard as far as that mental side of, of especially pass rush? Uh, I'm most, uh, I have more of an understanding now of that it's like pass rushing. I feel like in college, I kind of looked at pass rushing as like a lone wolf thing. Like it was more like all about how I'm going to get to the QB. But now I feel like it's more about like kind of like caging an animal. That makes sense. Or it's like uh, we use the saying in the D-line room a lot of four equals one. So it's like everybody rushing with the same goal and everybody rushing to basically get the quarterback. So kind of like understanding my role in pass rush and how to get uh, to the spot. Malcolm, um, everybody's journey is a little bit different uh, in the NFL. Everybody's rookie year is a little bit different. Um, but how has your uh, rookie season, just the experience of being in the NFL, being a full-time 24-7 uh, football player, uh, college, no more going to class, you know, being an adult, having your own place, all of that. Uh, I know it's probably gone by like a blink of, a, of an eye, but if you could kind of assess just your first season as a professional football player. I would just say it's a whole lot of learning. That's that's it. Well, having my own place, uh, the way like the NFLs ran, uh, even practice is different than college. So, like just everything, just learning, just being, just like I don't know, just trying to learn as much as I can. Just, just yeah, that's all I can say. Um, living here in Las Vegas, I know I, I moved here from California. All I knew of Las Vegas was the Las Vegas Strip, and that was basically it. But there's a whole other side uh, of this area that I, that I never knew about that I've really grown to appreciate. What have your impressions been of of, of here living in La- Las Vegas? Oh, it's a really nice place. Like uh, when during the summer, the heat is is something else. That that's the one thing. But now that it's starting to cool down over here and Seeing all my friends still at like Buffalo and stuff, and going through snowstorms, it's most definitely like a, a beautiful place. And you uh, wake up in the morning and see palm trees and the sun out. So there's no question. All right, so uh, huge trip coming up to Kansas City. Um, you know, obviously, kind of stubbed your toe a little bit against the Washington Football Team. Um, as Lincoln mentioned, you are still six and six, and when you look at the playoff seedings, you're still right in the thick of things. Everything that you want is really right there in front of you and available uh, to you guys. What's the approach going into K- Kansas City, um, and, and what do you think the key is going to be, not only this week against the Chiefs, but moving forward? 
Uh, I think the key is for, for us and our team is just to play with our identity, play like Raiders, um, uh, to uh, keep our expectation that we keep in practice and and bring that to you like on Sundays. So pretty much it. All right, uh, Malcolm Coots, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Really appreciate it. Again, congratulations uh, on the big sack uh, on Sunday. I'm sure it's the first of, of many more in your career. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you very much, my man. All right, thank you. Thank you for having me. You got it. That was Malcolm Kuntz, the Raiders defensive end from uh, the University of Buffalo. And I think Raider fans have been real anxious uh, to see what Malcolm Kuntz is all about. Um, and I, I, I could attest as well, just watch this tape from the University of Buffalo. Um, you can see what he's all about in terms of getting to the quarterback. And when you watch him in practice, and I know I kept an eye on him during OTAs and, and training camp especially, he's got a natural ability to get to the quarterback. Now, there's other parts of defensive end, run support, all that type of thing. But what he can do in terms of the pass rush, I think fans got a chance to see that on Sunday. Uh, that's something that's going to keep him in the NFL uh, for a little while. And um, I think that was the first of many to come uh, on the sack uh, end of things for, Mal- for young Malcolm Kutz. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. And then I also believe that, you know, the, the urgency to win, you know, I, I feel that, you know, and I, f- I feel that on everybody's heart. You know, I've always felt that. That's all. It's all I've cared about, you know, is wanting to win and win it for this team. And so I feel that urgency uh, from Mr. Mayock and what he's saying, what Hunter's saying, that winning is all that matters. Because at the end of the day, it really is, you know. Um, you have to produce. That's what gives you a job in this league. Uh, but winning is, is what takes your team to the next level. And that's what we're all here to do. I was Derek Carr earlier today at the uh, Raiders facility in Henderson, which is exactly where I am uh, right now. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh, Lincoln Kennedy, Derek Carr talked about feeling the urgency to win. Um, and it's rampant, no question, uh, in this building. They're searching for answers. They're searching for solutions. They understand the importance of this game and these next five games in terms of this franchise's growth, um, you know, uh, for, from where it's been to where they want to be. And there is an urgency uh, to win Lincoln. But I did ask Derek, you know, how, you know, is it urgency or is it uh, execution? You know, we, we all want to use all these words like swagger and urgency and playing with aggressiveness and all that, which is all well and good. Um but at the same time, you have to execute. I think we we mistake a lack of execution sometimes without you know for oh they're not they, they're not trying or it's not urgent. I just think that they haven't done a good job of executing. But here's what Derek Carr said about his definition of, of urgency. Perfect, perfect example coming out with urgency to me is if we come out and start fast like we did in Dallas and we execute. We were urgent, you know, <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? If we come out and have a, a mental or a bust and it doesn't work out and we're off the field, oh, they weren't urgent today. Is no, you, you have to check yourself and make sure you're coming in with the right mindset. You know, Josh, I think, talked about it a little bit, coming in with a little type of swag to you, with a little kind of confidence to you. It's Derek Carr talking about, you know, 
the difference between how we sometimes mistake urgency because they're not executing. Oh, they executed, so all of a sudden they're urgent when they didn't. Uh, they did that against Dallas. Oh, they came out aggressive. They came out urgent. Um, when in reality, they're just making the play. You know, they're they're executing from top to bottom. Whereas in games where they've started slow, they may have come out with the same exact urgency, but for whatever reason, they couldn't execute. Lincoln, where is that fine line uh, between being urgent, being aggressive, and really, in the reality, just execute. Do your job, and if everyone, all 11 do, then you have a good chance of being successful. See, I, I'm, I'm a little bit different when I look at it like that, okay? Because I, there's no doubt in my mind the Raiders as a team want to win. Right. No one wants to lose. No one goes out there and says, you know what, I don't want to win today. I'm just going to go through the motions. No, that, that, that's not the case. So I understand they want to win. But to my point that I made yesterday, we're at a point in the season where there are no more excuses. There are no more, oh, we should have did this, and, yeah, we could have did that. There are no more senses where you're, I'm going to allow my running back to admit that he went the wrong way several times. Right. Or that you're going to jump off sides, or you're going to have an. It's inexcusable at this particular point. So the sense of urgency and how do you define it becomes the attention to details. First of all, know your assignment. Know it like the back of your hand. You don't want to turn your hand over and look down and like, oh, where did that come from? That's not knowing the back of your hand. You see what I'm saying? So know what your assignment is and pay attention to the details and then have the wherewithal and the concentration when it comes game day that you can execute it. There's a reason why you're playing professional sports. It means that you were one of the best at what you did or what you do. Do that. I'm not saying you're going to win every battle. I'm not going to say you're going to win every time out there if you do that. But the, 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 whole, the whole definition to me about accountability was, as a player, let me do my job at the highest possible level every single time I can and trust that every, all 10 other guys on that football field are going to do the same. If we are all accountable for one another and to one another, we should be a good football team. We should be able to compete. There's no reason why this team, on a short week's rest, should have traveled to Dallas and had the type of outing collectively that they did come back with extra rest after that and wet themselves against an inferior team. There's no reason for it. And there's no excuse for it other than the fact that there weren't enough people paying attention to detail at the right time. And that's why I said what I said yesterday, and I still stick behind it. Because I think, if, if, if and I told this to Ronnie Lutt when I was talking to him at the dinner, because he was asking me about the Raiders. And I said, if I had my wherewithal, if I was coach, I'd, I'd, I'd throw all, everything to the refrigerator and see what sticks. And you're an Italian man, so you know what I'm referring to. You see what I'm saying when yeah. it comes to pasta? So I'm going to throw everything out there. Why not? I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to lose at this point. I mean, we go out and we do the same thing. We lose again. What, where are we? Are we any better? No. So I would, throw, I would throw everything out there. I would actually go in the locker room. You want to play? Let's see what you can do. Get in there and show me something. Because I know this as, a, as an athlete. If my position is taken from me one day, if I'm not starting or I'm not playing – I'm thinking, okay, let me talk to coach. What did I do wrong? All of a sudden, if you're any type of professional, it should light a fire. It should light a fire in your ass to do better or want to do better. Whether it's practicing harder, whether it's going through the, the, your assignments harder, whether it's getting in front of the coach and say, "Hey, I want to study this," showing more effort and through. This is what I'm talking about, and this is the sense of urgency that I feel they need to have. I'm not doubting that Derek Carr wants to win. Never have, but. Derek Carr's inconsistency is wearing thin on my patience. 
and I'm tired of covering this team and seeing an inferior effort to an inferior team when I know this team is better and capable of, of doing better. They, they should not allow fronting a team a couple of touchdowns before they decide, okay, okay, all right, all right, you know what, <laughs> I'm through playing, let's, let's go, let's go. No, it shouldn't come to that because by the time it's, it's too late. I do believe, Vinny, that you cannot in this level, at this level of the game, you can't turn it on and off like a light switch. It's either there when you start or it takes too long to warm up, and by the time you warm up, it's over. I agree, and, um, you know, I – I, 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 I do agree, and, and Derek Hart did talk about, you know, uh, having the right mindset collectively. Because as he said, you know, he goes, he, it was somewhere along the, along the lines of because of social media and who stands up there and talks uh, each day, um, and usually it's him. He, he's one of the few players that, that speaks on a weekly basis. Um, it, it becomes kind of an individualized thing when, in reality, this is a team thing. And his point is, uh, they need to come together. They co- need to come out together with the collective mindset of this is how we have to do it. This is how um, it's got to be done, and not just talk about it, but do it. And I, you know, uh, it's it's like you said, it's one thing to have a mindset, uh, but it's another to actually go out there and execute. And I think what he's implying is um, that focus that is needed, that attention to detail that is needed in order to make sure that your execution is at a high level more consistently than it's been. And also um, uh, consistently to start off games at a high level, that attention to detail, that focus may not be there all the time amongst all 11 players, all 22 players, all 46 players uh, that dress out. And that's, I think, uh, the issue and um, and and you know he he tried to talk about it today and that's the urgency that they need in terms of the mindset but then also going out there uh, and and ex- executing it um, I'm not with you uh, I don't agree that you know he needs to be one of those things that you throw up against the refrigerator or throw out of the refrigerator I still believe that Derek Carr gives this team the best chance to win these next five games after that all bets are off like if I'm in charge. If I was running uh, this show, I'm taking a, a hard look at everything, where this organization is, where it wants to be in the future. Is there a better way to approach this? Should you strip it down and kind of start over? Uh, do you need to go out and find a new quarterback and a new leader and just f- start fresh there? I'm, I'm, I'm all about looking at all of those options, but I'm still of belief, Lincoln, right now, with five games left to play, Derek Carr needs to be out there playing. Well, I mean, look, we can agree to disagree. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. I mean, that, that, that just makes it for a good conversation. And I think that's what oh, yeah, we yeah, always have when sure. we do our show. So, I mean, I don't have any problem with that. And you're entitled to your opinion. I, I, I agree with that as well. I, I'm just of the mindset that, that when is enough too, no, too much? Okay? It's, it's, it's like, here it is. If, if I had, you know, if, you know, I'm sitting comparison side by side. I would say the pluses for Marcus Mariota, because that's what we're referring to, and the pluses for Derek Carr. If I went down the line, you know, I could say that overall there would be more checks by Derek Carr. However, the reason why I bring this up is because not only do I want to light a fire under those current starters and those guys who have been inconsistent play, you know, I only, but, but I also want to see what I have, because you never know. You never know. We, we don't know. And what, what Marcus Mariota would do with this offense, with Greg Olson's offense, or, or John Gruden's offense, however you want. We don't know. 
And so we're, we're sitting here speculating. We, we, we have an idea who the better quarterback is overall, but that better quarterback has been inconsistent and has been inconsistent in a number of games this season. And there have been some of the games the Raiders have been fortunate enough to win. Because, mind you, if, if it wasn't for Carl Nassib in that Baltimore game when they were driving to knock the fumble out and give the Raiders the ball back, they might not have won that game. You see what I'm saying? They might not have won a week one in Baltimore. Okay? And, and I'm going to give Derek all credit where credit is due because I've told you there were certain games this year where his accuracy put them over top, most notably the Philadelphia game. His accuracy set him apart. I've, I've, and I've said it a couple times, uh, and I know DeMond has, has heard it because he's produced a show and he's heard it. There's been a couple times this season where I've talked about his accuracy has, been, has deserved some credit. Me to tip my hat to him. But where we're at right now, there has to be a better sense of urgency. And there's a sense of urgency not amongst the players, but definitely amongst the coaches. So where you have to make those hard-pressed decisions on what, whether who you're going to stick by. Because right now your job is waiting on it. There's no guarantee. Every time I open up anything for the Raiders, interim head coach Rich Passaccia, interim head coach Rich Passaccia, okay, if they were winning, if they had won these last five games, I guarantee you it would no longer say interim. <laughs> so I, my point yeah, is, I, I, my I point is, is I, that it's just, you know, the sense of urgency amongst, is amongst everyone. And if you don't have a true direction, because I was asked, I think I was asked before last week's game uh, about the Washington football team. So how do you think it's going to go? And my honest answer was, I'm not sure which team's going to show up because I have not, right. after 12 games, I don't know what to tell you. And, and, and the frustration I showed yesterday on yesterday's show with the two of us, that frustration came from the fact that, you know, I am tired of seeing a good football team just wet themselves. When they want to be good, they are good. They can compete with anybody when they want to. But when they're not into it and the coaches aren't doing right by them scheme-wise and, 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 and management-wise, it just strikes a chord in me because I know this team should be more successful than they are. There is no reason for the last three years or two, three years, or however long it's been, that you hit this November, December slide where you can't get out of your own way. And all of a sudden, you're fighting to be found 500 by the end of the year. Lincoln, okay, let's, let's, let's streamline it to just this year, okay? What is the Raiders' offensive identity in Lincoln Kennedy's mind? They're a passing team, but not a very consistent one. Okay. What do you think the Raiders' um, identity should be offensively? I would like them to be a running team with the backs they have and the power that they used to. Well, minus Alec Ingo, now minus King and Drake, they're very limited. Um, but, I, I mean, obviously I would like them to be a running team because I think running the ball allows you to be more effective this time of year. Why haven't they been a good running team? Offensive line isn't too inconsistent. And more so, importantly, the play calling for the offensive line run games has been inconsistent. There's been no consistency. This is, this is to me, is a power running team. So I would stay away from zone runs and stuff like that. I would do everything man, ISO, do everything you can to man block, go push forward. So, um, so the blueprint and the blueprint has been, I, I, and I agree with you, a power run team. But they're not doing that. They're not doing it well. Whether or not even they're even committed anymore uh, to doing that, I don't, I don't know. Um, so this is a this was supposed to be a power run team that ran the ball effectively, um, not a pass first team, right? Right. But it's become a pass first team because they couldn't do the first part of it. Right. All right. So this is where this is where I you know step in on on beh on behalf of a Derek Carr. You're asking him to do something that maybe he's not necessarily capable of doing, which is leading a team game in and game out 
without the benefit of the power run game that this whole offense has always been predicated on. Is that fair? Or I mean, and 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 okay, I should stop there. Do you think that Marcus Mariota can overcome what you've said? hasn't been happening uh, this year for this offense in terms of the run game. The benefit that Marcus Mariota provides to the game for me is his ability to run when people are covered downfield. And to answer your question, is it fair for Derek Hart? You're the quarterback. You get paid franchise dollars to do this. Yes, it is fair, and it's supposed to be, and they've done it before. Hell, if you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, they tried to their hardest to get Najee Harris involved in the running game, right? They hit their head on a wall every time. So what does Ben do? And he's not very effective at it because it's, it's, it's predicted, and, and you know what he's doing. He either throws a short pass or he throws a long pass to his 50-50 receivers. That's what he does. Yeah. That's, what, that's consistent in his offense. Okay, I would take that from Derek. Look downfield, damn it. You look at this all-22 game against Washington football team, there were guys who were open downfield that he wasn't looking at. Yeah, I would take Raiders you to are, take a shot off at that. No, no, no doubt about it, and, and I'll have to check again. But the Raiders are one of the better go-downfield teams in the passing game. Uh, and, and I, I say that that needs to be more of their arsenal. If you're going to use the pass as the run, which I totally get, the short passes to try to take advantage one-on-one, you've got to keep a defense honest to where you go down the field. You stretch the field. Even if it's a one-on-one outside with a single high receiver and you're telling them that just going to go right, I'm going to throw a 50-50 ball – Put that fear in their head because what they did the week before against Dallas with Deshaun Jackson, the Washington football team wanted to take away. So that's why they had a safety over top anytime number one is on the field. Okay, so a prelude to come is when as, a, as an offensive coordinator, as an offensive mind, oh, I see the way they're playing Deshaun Jackson. Okay, boom, I'm going to do this. Deshaun, you line up at the X receiver. Zay Jones line up at the Z receiver. If that single high safety is still creeping over to number one, I'm going to take a shot at uh, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Jones. I and, and, and I hear you. We did ask, uh, I, or actually, I, I did ask um, uh, Derek Carr uh, about that. And, and one thing that he did mention was, you know, you could call it urgency, you could call it whatever you want. There's a time and place in terms of being aggressive, but you also have to be smart, especially early in games, especially against, you know, a, a Kansas City Chiefs team. He's not going to just he, he what he was saying. You can't just do stupid things just because people want you to throw it long. If oh, I get not- that. I get that. But it also come, comes a time where you as the quarterback have to make a play. And everybody on that football field at any given time needs to feel that sense of urgency. I need to make a play. That's called accountability. It is, and, 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 I think and, 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 and there's no excuse around that. I'm not saying Derek just throw it up foolishly because he did that in the New York Giants game. He right. saw blitz, he saw one-on-one coverage, and he, but he forgot about that single high safety that's going to watch that wheel route that you try to throw to Zay Jones, and he came in and intercepted it. Okay, no that's doubt. a dumb play. Well, when you're saying that, I'm also going to counter with, so there's that offensive line needs to start making some plays. Without so a doubt. Josh, and so and, and that's Josh another Jacobs person. need to start making some plays. And without a doubt. And that's exactly why I would start Jermaine Illuminor. I would try to get every other offensive lineman out there to see if it strikes a fire under my starter's ass or get Peyton Barber to start running the football like he was in preseason or in the early part of the season to see if that lights a fire to Jacob's ass, that you won't stop going the wrong way. Look, there's no one above the boo here. Okay, there everyone is at fault when you talk about the play of this team right now. The inconsistencies are frustrating, and I know I echo the sentiment of the Raider Nation because as a, an analyst that has to cover it, and you're there every week, you're right there with me, you see this, you're disappointed, just as disappointed as I am. The reason why I'm fired up is because this team can be better, and there's no reason at this particular point, when you look at the rest of the NFL, that this team is 500. 
other well, than its inefficiencies by their players. I agree. And coaches. And when I see, and when I see uh, one of the a top five passing team and a bottom and the 29th ranked running team, I know exactly where I'm looking at where this problem is. You know what I'm saying? You get yeah. a running, a running uh, that that run game up to where it should be. All of a sudden, everything changes, including I believe in the consistency uh, of, of of the quarterback of Derek Carr because I think he's doing a lot. Uh, and not getting a whole lot of help right now from that run game. It's like I said, it's 29th in the NFL right now. It's not getting the job done. It, it's 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 it, where they lie in terms of the run games are with the bottom dwellers of this league. Uh, you have to run the ball better. And I think um, you know we can have the conversation all we want about being aggressive and throwing it long and doing this and making the quarterback making plays. He's made a lot of plays this year now, and I'm, I'm not, not saying he this. hasn't. But hell, the, the, I mean, it, without can, without yeah, without any help. From the run game, with or, or I should say, minimal help, minimal help uh, from the run game. Um, I, I need to see that thing improve. I need to see that offensive line get better. I need to see Josh Jacobs start being Josh Jacobs of his rookie year and last year gaining a thousand yards. His game to me has gone down a, a little bit over the last couple of years. That's what I need to see. And I think that if you saw that. I think that quarterback uh, would be better off uh, as well. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 9:20 a.m. on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at L Kennedy 72. This is in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio, 9:20 a.m. Real quick, we're going to go out to Justin, who is on uh, the Raider Nation radio caller line. What's up, Justin? Hey, guys. Hope you're doing well. But, whoo, Lincoln coming in with some big facts, man. Couldn't agree more, brother. Inconsistent is, is the one word you got to use to to describe the quarterback and the offense. But I want to call today to talk about Hunter Renfro. Um, I think, you know, to us in, in the Raider world, I, I think we know how, how underrated he is on – on a national lens, but, um, you know, I, I don't see why this guy can't, can't come out to be a, a top five slot receiver next year. And he kind of looks like Cooper cup to me a little bit. I think he puts in a little bit more, more time in the weight room. I mean, he's a top five route runner in the league. I, I don't see why he can't, why he can't kind of matriculate into what Cooper cup has been this year, but, um, just want to get you guys thoughts. I think his contract is up after the season what what are we paying the guy in terms of an extension? You think he's worth eight, nine, ten million dollars a year? Um, I, I I don't. Uh, I'm not with you on the Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is a big physical football player. I mean, he is a he's like six foot two, two hundred pounds. Hunter Renfro ain't no six two, two hundred pounds. So they're different in that regard. And I covered Cooper uh, since you know uh, when I in my time with with the Rams. So. Uh, they're 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 extremely different um, in their in, in who they are as a wide receiver. That said, Hunter Renfro is extremely valuable um, to this Raiders offense, and I don't think there's any question that they're going to re-sign him. How much uh, you know money he makes? I don't think he's going to get the Cooper Cup uh, treatment. Uh, Cup had a uh, got a nice payday. Lincoln, uh, any thoughts on that? Love Hunter Renfro. Love Hunter Renfro. Love Hunter Renfro. The reason why is he, he's deceptive. It looks like he's a, a, a what a high school math teacher out there when he takes off his helmet. Right. Um, but he does everything right. He runs hard. And I think if there is if there is a gritty character guy that you want to support, you find a way to keep Hunter Renfro. Uh, he's that invaluable to the team. He's one of those guys that damn near catches everything that Derek throws. 
And he's also a guy who's invaluable in punt return. He's gritty. He's 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 smart. I'll never forget that play he made against the Chargers. That was a touchdown saving play. Um, um, and, and, and actually a turnover saving uh, the t- play as well. But no, I love Hunter Renfro. I, I think that he's one of those guys that you find a way to keep to keep. Now, I will say this: Cooper Cup is a better route runner. Cooper Cup is more distinguished as a slot receiver. I think Hunter Renfro can get there. I think he's on his way. I think what the Raiders right now pattern him to do offensively are the same old routes, and Derek's gotten used to that. In the, in the offseason, they can work on more things, more timing, um, more more route combinations and stuff like that to bring more out of Hunter, Hunter Renfro, but I absolutely love Hunter Renfro, and if his contract is coming up, he's one of those guys you should focus on keeping. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about um, – yeah, and he will. I, I don't know exactly what it's going to uh, come down to in terms of um, uh, the money. Uh, but, you know, when you look at somebody like a Cooper Cup, he's got 100 receptions this year, 92 uh, last year, 94 the year before that. Um, and only, you know, he had 40 the year before that, but he played in eight games, so he was on his way to – Well, you know, uh, to be fair, Vinny, and, and you know this because you've covered the team, McVay, since they got him and he realized, especially when McVay took over as head coach, he's increased his role. And he's increased the the, 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 the fact that Cooper Cup has, has been, you know, made, made it a point to get him the football. Am I right? Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And they're just, to me, I, you know, I don't know who the – Cup is a big, strong guy. I don't think people realize how big he really is, Lincoln. I think, I'm sure you've stood next yeah. to him before. He's six foot two, 200 pounds. Well, I've covered, I covered him when he was at Eastern Washington, when he was playing against the Pac-12, and he tore up every team he played against the Pac-12. Yeah, so I've seen horse. him a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, um, whereas Hunter is 5'10", 180, if that. I mean, you know, 180 might be pushing it for him. So they're, they're, they're just two different – people and they're they're two different wide receivers but um you know hunter is extremely valuable to this extremely valuable to to Derek carr um and i think he's going to be somebody I'd, I'd have to look at what the comparison would be for him like who he kind of profiles uh as it's I, i'm not seeing it on on cooper cup um they're they're two different wide receivers well they i think you play... go back to you go back to and i'm forgetting their names because of my disdain for the team and the organization but if you go back to some of the new england patriots slot receivers yes you know there what i mean is, right. is that fair because I think it was about the same. And I'm, I'm drawing a blank on their names right now. I've got too much on my plate in front of me. Um, but you know, some of the some of the names of those slot receivers that came out of New England. Look, the fact of the matter is, in today's game, and I've said this before, um, in today's game especially, the tight end and the slot receiver are huge. Yes, and they're huge for a number of reasons because there is so much real estate in the defensive secondary, and. If penalties, pen, every penalty in the defensive secondary gives the team an automatic first down. So it doesn't matter if it's illegal contact, doesn't matter if it's holding, pass interference, it gives them an automatic first down. That's huge. That And, and that plays also in the mentality of playing a slot corner. Um, how, how handsy you can be, how physical you can be, because you don't want to give up an automatic first down. So that's why when you have a great tight end and you have a great slot receiver, even if you watch the way the, New, the, the Kansas City Chiefs are starting to use Tyreek Hill, they're just not lining up a, as an X or a Z. He's, a, he's sometimes playing a stop role so he can get in motion and they can create route combinations with him and Travis Kelsey and have Markham to stretch the defense or or, Mar, or, or one of the other receivers to stretch the defense. And then you've got Tyreek Hill running free uh, crossing routes as a slot receiver routes and stuff like that where a, a standard nickel can't keep up with him. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it sure does help when everybody's out there on the field all the time, too. Yep. Uh, availability is really, really important. And uh, when we get back, we're going to look at some numbers uh, between the pass game and the run game uh, for the Raiders and this where this offense ranks uh, overall uh, in the NFL, where the pass game ranks and where the run game ranks. And I, I just don't think that there's any kind of uh, coincidence why this has been uh, a little bit more inconsistent this year compared to years past uh, with the Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Wednesday.